title of our message today is not a man-made gospel. And we're going to see why the Apostle Paul has to say the gospel that he preached is not man-made. But if you could go to the next slide for me, please, Mike. Who carries a walking pedometer to see how many steps they do in a day? Don't be ashamed to put up your hand if you do. Good on you. Oh, I like it. I won't mention your name. Um, I had a friend who who had one and if they were, walked a certain amount of steps, they could they would then go to the fridge and pull out a big piece of cake. And I thought, you're only keeping track of your steps so that you can see how much naughty food you can eat. But on a very serious note, the Jewish... Christians or the false brothers or the Judaizers had come into the church, churches of Galatia and they have said, yep, it's faith in Christ plus certain steps that you take that actually brings you to salvation finally with God. So certain steps such as circumcision. Now we don't have that problem today or eating kosher food or observing certain days or seasons and months. If you take those steps plus faith in Jesus Christ, you'll be a real Christian. Now, you're going to laugh at this. Some of you will know this. But this morning at 8 o'clock, there was a mix-up with the Bible readings and I didn't read. The minister did not read the Gospel reading. And the congregation didn't stand up for it. Then on top of that, we didn't stand up for the Apostles' Creed and we didn't have the Old Testament reading. Now you tell me God doesn't have a sense of humour when you're coming to preach on tradition and legalism. So I asked the congregation, I said, do any of you, is your conscience upset that we didn't do those things? And they actually said, no it isn't. It isn't upset. But it's really interesting, isn't it, that that's the way we do things and if that's the way we do them, then we do them and it makes me right with God. And so we had a great time this morning working through that. But Paul has said, if you add anything to the message of God's grace and God's forgiveness to you, you erode the gospel. So if you saw the news this week, did you see the uh, king tide in Sydney? It eroded uh, the backyards of people's houses and smashed them. As soon as you say, faith in Christ plus coming to church, soon as you say faith in Christ plus my prayers or anything, you actually erode the gospel. Now in this section in Galatians 1, 11 to 24, Noel Jew in his commentary says it's like a one-way telephone call. You're really only hearing Paul's conversation. But you can assume the things that have been said about him by the things that he writes. So what we're going to do is try and gather that information from Noel's book and see what Paul is defending. Paul is responding to the things that have been said against him by the false brothers, the Judaizers. The best way to discredit a person, uh, the best way to discredit a person's message is to discredit the person. So, Smear campaigns are actually the catch cry of our politicians. So, how do you get into 
How do you get into government? You have to write off the other government, tell Australia how bad they are and tell them how good you are and in doing so you have smear campaigns. So if you can get any kind of dirt on your opposition leader, you will get dirt on them. Now thank God that doesn't happen in the playground. That never happens among children at all, does it? You never ever smear each other, do you? It's, I bet you it's your best weapon. I bet you it's your greatest weapon that if you have a problem with someone, you smear them. Well, this is what the false Christians were doing against the Apostle Paul. Their accusation was this, Paul's not a real Apostle, he's not an authentic Apostle, he's not a real pastor, therefore you can't listen to his message. His message is not a real message because he's not a real apostle. He hasn't had the training we've had. Wow. Can you imagine what that would have done to the, to the church who have believed the gospel to come and hear that these brothers are coming in and saying it's not a real and true message. Now, the smear campaign went something like this. Us Jewish Christians... We are descendants from Abraham. We come from the mother church in Jerusalem. We've been sent by the hierarchy. We've come from James, the head of the church, which Paul actually says when he went to Jerusalem, James accepted him. But they knew that Paul himself was not a part of the twelve disciples and they used it against him. They knew that well, the Jewish Christians had seen Jesus perform miracles. They used that against Paul. They said Paul didn't see that. Paul was a later convert to the Christian faith, unlike the other apostles, so they used that against him. Paul wasn't trained like the other apostles under Jesus, so they used that against him. You see what they're doing? To undermine a person's message, you have to attack the character of the person preaching it. It always happens and always has happened. They portrayed Paul as a rogue preacher not having any authority in the church. Luther says this, and he knew a lot about it. The devil makes especially severe attacks on him who fills the office of the ministry according to God's word. For through correct preaching, the devil is unmasked. Through correct preaching, the devil is unmasked and it happens here in the church. So that people understand that what is called holy and good is in fact not holy and good, but is in fact the work of the devil. Therefore, he who preaches God's word faithfully like Paul threatens to bring to nothing the very centre of the devil's activity, namely religious works. Luther puts the devil's activity and religious works in the one bucket. Why? What happened in the Reformation? The church was in the Dark Ages. You couldn't read the Bible. Why? 
because the church had suffocated, the Roman church had suffocated the grace of God in the preaching of the gospel and when Luther came on the scene and started to preach, it burst its bubble and what did they want to do with him? They wanted to take him to Rome and kill him. He had to be kidnapped on the road by a friend, taken to safety and protected. He goes on to say this, as soon as a preacher preaches the truth, dissension and strife arises around him. Get used to that, church, church council, uh, chairman. Um, that's what happens. As soon as he forsakes his responsibility and preaches that which is false and that which pleases man, a quiet, pleasant calm is present among his hearers. What do you want? False peace? Wherever the gospel is preached, there is war. Why? Because the authority of God in Jesus Christ attacks all human ego, all human pride, all human righteousness. The word of the cross, the grace of God, the authority of God in the gospel is an attack on all that man will say he is doing to be right with God. The gospel attacks it and actually crucifies the flesh of man. So what do you do? The mailman comes with the mail. You don't like the mail, so you go out and do what? Kick the mailman off his bike. Sorry, it's the message. It's not the messenger. And a friend of mine said, and he's in his late 70s now, he said, they'll pick on you because you've got bald hair, you've got no hair, they'll pick on you because you've got glasses. What people will do is they associate the message with the person preaching it as a coping mechanism to not hear. And that's what was happening with Paul. And it still goes on today. So, when Satan wanted to drive Eve away from trusting God, what did Satan say to Eve? Who did Satan attack? God's nature, God's character. Did God really say? So from the very, very beginning, the devil has been attacking the nature and character of God and his people and the word. So the Jewish Christians, the Judaizers, had based their claim of spiritual authority on race, that is being Jewish, practising the Old Testament law. Their spiritual authority was based on their religious practice. Can you understand that? So if you hadn't met them, they would have said, listen to me because of my religion and what I do. No Jew says this, legalism... And legalism means anything by which you can say you are right with God because of something that is true about you. So if you can say there's something true about you that puts you in right relationship with God, then you are in legalism. Do you know I've been coming to church since I was three? I haven't personally, but this is just me pretending to be somebody. Do you know I've been coming to church since I was three? I was baptised when I was six months. I haven't missed a Sunday except when I had the chicken pox. 
Now I'm 80. And I've been to church. What is that person describing as their credentials as being right with God? The very things that they've been doing. Now you'd never hear that in church, would you? If you hang around the church scene long enough, in fact, sometimes that's all you ever hear. That's why Paul in Galatians says in verse 11 and 12, For I would have you know, brothers, the gospel that I preached to you that was preached by me is not man's gospel. It doesn't come from man. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul then begins to show clearly why it couldn't come from him, why it was a man-made, was not a man-made gospel. For you heard of my former life in Judaism. The very same people who were attacking the church was the very religion that Paul once trusted in. And then he goes on to say, you know how I persecuted the church violently and tried to destroy it. Do you know that Paul didn't even know he had violence in his heart? Do you know that he did not even know that he had murder in his heart? He didn't know he was a violent man destroying the church. He thought he was doing the work of God. He thought he was serving God in persecuting the church. And you can have murder in your heart and you just simply express it by the way you slander people. To hate another person is to what? To murder. Paul was violently angry and he was on the Damascus Road heading to kill Christians. How could this gospel come from him? How could it possibly? And when he was on the Damascus Road, he met true authority. He met the authority of the risen and ascended Lord Jesus Christ. And when he met the risen and ascended Lord Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, what was Jesus' authority? Was it, I condemn you, Paul? Paul, you're a violent, murderous man. I condemn you to hell. Or was it, Paul, I forgive you. What authority are you standing under? Are you standing under the authority of the devil who accuses you through the guilt of your sin? Or are you standing under the authority of Jesus Christ who says to you, I forgive you. If you have a problem with authority, you haven't seen the authority of God in Jesus Christ properly because he rules through the love and grace of the gospel. Submission to Christ is submission to love. It's submission to the forgiveness and the grace and love of the forgiveness of all of your sins. So when Paul encountered the authority of Jesus Christ, Christ came from outside of him. It didn't come from within him. How are your self-help books doing? Have you yet put a fire on them? How are they doing? Are they getting you there? Because Jesus Christ comes from outside of you. 
The gospel comes from outside. The light that blinded Paul came from outside of him. His transformation came from Christ from outside of him. It wasn't some internal experience that he worked up. The transformation that happened to Paul was by Christ coming to him. Now, like the rest of the apostles, he never got taught the gospel the way we get taught it. How do you and I get taught the gospel? We get taught it by human pastors and human teachers. An apostle had a direct revelation from Jesus Christ. They had no human teachers. The revelation was pure and clean and once Paul met Christ, he understood the whole of the Old Testament. He became an apostle. In verse 15 and 16 he says, But when he who had set me apart before I was born and called me by his grace, and grace is just simply God coming to do sinful man good at every point. That's what grace is. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me, in order that I might preach him among the nations, I didn't consult with anyone, I didn't need to. So Paul defends his apostolic ministry by his credentials. And this is where it gets interesting as we close. Here's Paul's credentials. I was violent. I had murder in my heart. I was in darkness. My tradition, my theological training led me away from Christ. Everything I did, all my credentials, put me outside of knowing Jesus Christ. That's, that's how he speaks about himself. And then he says this, it was actually God who chose me to be an apostle and set me apart before I was even born. I'm an apostle because it was his decision. So how's his credentials? I'm a sinner and I've been saved by grace. And a friend of mine, I won't mention his name in case he listens, was a was one of Australia is probably Australia, one of the best theologians in Australia. Incredible mind. He went to a conference in Singapore, somewhere over there, and he was doing the conference with another person, and another person got up who was helping, who was a pastor and a preacher. And as they introduced this pastor and preacher, they said, This man has his a degree in this, in this, in this, he's done this, he's done this, he's done this. The actual introduction went longer than the sermon about how good the guy was. And my friend turned around to the host and said to him, tell the audience I'm a sinner saved by grace. My friend said he wished he hadn't have said that because the man got up and did it and the audience really didn't listen to him. We love credentials. We love to have all these attributes. Paul, the apostle, the great man was a sinner saved by grace just like you. That should comfort you. The same power, the same gospel, the same authority of Jesus rests over you. You don't need to be anybody special. God in Christ changes you by His power and authority He calls you into His kingdom and then He calls you and equips you for ministry. You are all ministers 
who have been baptised into Christ. So Paul is called by grace. Christ is revealed in him, which means Christ lives in him in order that he might preach Christ among the nations. And he says these words about himself in 1 Corinthians 15.8. For I am the least of the apostles. I'm unworthy to be called an apostle. How's that for a credential? Would you hire him as your pastor? Sorry, this is his pro, this is the new pastor profile. Well, I'm called to be an apost- a pastor, but I'm the least of the pastors unworthy to be called one. Would you call him? I doubt it. We want more than that, don't we? Because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God I am what I am. Can you say that about yourself? Can you say that by the grace of God I am what I am? Or or do you say I am what I am by what I have done? If you can't say I am what I am by the grace of God, you need to repent this day and turn from a false man-made gospel. He says, I am what I am by the grace of God. And then he says, on the contrary, I worked harder than all the other apostles. As someone said last week to me, Paul was not opposed to good works. He says he worked harder than all the other apostles. But then he says, not I, but the grace of God that was in me. So even after all the work he's done, who does he put it down to? The grace of God at work in him. None of us will ever bear the fruit of Paul. My last point is this. Paul's validation is the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Don't tell me here today that you don't look for validation. Please don't say, I don't look for validation. You look for validation. Some of you young ones are looking for it in your appearance. Some of you are looking for it in your sports achievements. Some of you are looking for it in your education. Some of you are are just looking for it because you're deeply insecure. Some of you older ones are needing validation. Paul's validation was the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Paul's security as an apostle who was persecuted and slandered is the grace of God in Jesus Christ. So when you're slandered and when people speak badly against you, a good sign of whether you need whether you're under the validation of God is am I in the grace of God and is that enough for me? Is it enough for me to be validated by God in Jesus Christ? Or do I actually need more? Paul misunderstood. Who likes being misunderstood? Well, I don't. Paul, misunderstood, finds his validation in the grace of God. Do you get it? Where's your validation coming from? You will know personally. Is it coming from what God the Father gives me in Jesus Christ? Now, whatever your calling is, mother, father, grandparent, 
whether it be to be obedient to your teachers at school or your parents or whatever employment God has called you to, whatever you're calling, it is by the goodwill and grace of God and he has set you apart before you were born which means your calling is in the hands of God and he who calls you is faithful and he will accomplish it for you. Your calling is up to Christ who lives in you. Jesus Christ in you is for God's will and God's action in this world. It is not the steps that we take but Jesus Christ in us who accomplishes God's will for you. And what he does is he doesn't obliterate your personality, he doesn't obliterate your gifts, but when Christ indwells you through the Holy Spirit, he fills you out. He fills out who you are and your identity and your giftings actually come to great fulfilment. And I'll just finish with this. Martin Luther was in his house one day and they came knocking on his door saying, Martin Luther, Martin Luther, are you there? And he said, no, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. It's Christ who lives in me. The eye has been crucified, brothers, and Jesus Christ is the one who lives his life in us. And The life we now live, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen.